We are the 12 Sided Guys. We have Matt. Hi. Scott. That's me. Jordan. Salutations. Sabrina. Hey there. And I'm Paul. Thank you for joining us as we start a brand new adventure. And let me tell you, if you can remember a time when four was still two, six was three, and seven came out of nowhere, then this adventure is for you. Join us in the Crystal Codex. Welcome to Pavantis, a world of science and sorcery, myth and machine, crystals, conspiracies, arcane magics, and mechanical airships. In this world, the gods, with one imperial exception, are known as the lords and ladies, the one representing certain aspects of their domain, balanced by the other, representing the opposing aspects. It is a world divided by language and geography, not by race. In this world, ancient crystal tech is scavenged and sold to the highest bidder, chief among them being the Almerian Empire, a nation-swallowing juggernaut. The empire has assimilated six of the land's countries in just 50 years, comprising the entire center and southwest of the continent. Old names and symbols become illegal under the new regime, names such as the Theocracy of Menarest or the Principality of Dathan. But seeds of rebellion are being sown, both with sword and scathing rhetoric. The sleepy province of Arkelvy, formerly known as the Kingdom of Everlin, is the newest imperial acquisition and lies nestled in the foothills and forests of the Glass Mountains. In the remote northwest corner of the Arkelvy province, tucked under the shadow of the colossal Mount Tabor, sits the small city of Tabory, which continues on much as it always has, surrounded by fortifications unscarred by battle. Governed by a mayor and a city council and patrolled by a local constabulary, citizens of Tabory have experienced very little change despite their new rulers. The only imperial presence in the city consists of a company of soldiers and a reclusive magister who seems more content hibernating in the rundown Tabory castle than in politicking. This is where we find ourselves on a crisp, cloudless night. Low in the sky, the tiny sliver of a waning moon sheds weak light on four figures, strangers whose separate paths are about to converge and whose future may very well shake all of Pavantis. We see a figure moving through the city, stalking from shadow to shadow, looking left, looking right. And as we see this figure, we see a hero from battles fought long ago, but for whom the war never truly ended. Matt, why don't you introduce your character? All right, my character's name is Pine. Uh, he's a tall, slender man in his early 70s. Um, he has white hair that's cut uh, in a short military style, and he has a, a, a short beard. Um, his ear He has the, uh, the ears and the dark facial markings of a caracal, which is a, a large cat, and it has uh, black tufts of hair at the tips of the ears, although his right ear was uh, cut off about halfway down in battles years ago. Um, uh, he, uh, let's see, he walks with a cane, though it's more of a precaution at this point. He's still pretty light on his feet, and he's rarely seen without um, an officer's saber on his belt and his long blue frock coat with its gray fur collar. Okay. As you are moving around through the city Pine, why don't you tell us what Pine is up to? Oh, man. Pine is sowing sedition against the Empire. Uh, he has in his possession right now a small tract 
and he's making his way to a prominent um, uh, bulletin board within the city, uh, and he's planning to uh, attach it there secretly. Um, and it's uh, it's propaganda against the empire. Fantastic. And this is not Pine's first outing doing this, is it? No, no. He does this every once in a while. I tries not to do it too regularly or with any specific pattern. Um, so he doesn't get caught because this is uh, very illegal. But he feels very honor bound to, to do this. Okay. All right. So Pine, as you slink from doorway to doorway, trying to get back to this this center point where you can place your your uh, seditious writings, uh, we see another figure. We see a blend of the artificial and natural worlds seeking to find out who he is. Jordan, why don't you describe us uh, your character? All right. So my character, his name is Ebi or goes by Ebi. Um, his full name would be like Ebi's Maragdos. Um, he is a large robotic construct of sorts. Um, as he walks through the city, he is clad in, in kind of uh, nomadic robes and, and cloaks kind of draped over his body and over his frame to hide the metallic nature. Um, because as it stands currently in the region and throughout much of the continent, uh, robotic people are just not very common. Um, and so he, he makes his way kind of tracking near to pine heading off in the same direction as well. Yeah. Yes. Actually robotic people are not very commonly seen. In fact, they are really never seen anywhere on the continent. Uh, Abby, you are a, a unique individual. You are a, an anomaly in this world and you and pine have formed some kind of friendship in your, in your writings and in your, uh, in your secret dealings. Late night escapades. Yeah, exactly. As you guys move through the city, um, we see um, another figure, this figure high up on a rooftop, uh, kind of watching the streets, keeping their eye out for something. We see a sneaky bastard. Scott, why don't you introduce your character? The sneaky bastard Roos is hiding on the rooftops. He's a male in his late 20s with... Um, he wears his, his blonde hair shaved on the sides of his head and has a very short ponytail. Um, he's currently trying out a handlebar mustache that doesn't look very good on him, but he likes it. Dark brown eyes and pale skin. He's wearing plain tra traveling leathers and a black tunic with large, large buttons and pockets on the front. Um, he wears a short sword on his hip that is... Um, he's often fingering the, the hilt. It's very important to him. And he's slinking on the rooftops, observing the two figures planting the papers. Point of order, I'd like to make a stealth check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make a stealth check. Why not? Oh, it's a four. <laughs> that was a nat one. First nat one of the campaign. Oh, First roll of the campaign in that First, one. I'm so happy I can do that for everybody. That's good. You got to get it out of the system a little bit, so that's okay. Well, and somebody in their session zero, their first roll was a, was a twenty. That, so nice. I told them it could only get worse. That from would there. be me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very good. All right. Yeah. So, um, so Roos, you're up on this rooftop, kind of watching these two people move around. Um, you're you're fairly certain this is what you're looking for. Um, 
And uh, there is one more uh, person who is kind of walking the streets this night, who is also on the lookout for something. Um, just as these two uh, figures moving around, trying to be sneaky and obviously failing, uh, start heading down um, a, kind of a main thoroughfare because they can't take all the back alleys anymore. Uh, a Another person steps out and it is a, a warrior of the mountain clans who chafes at Imperial Oversight. Sabrina, why don't you tell us about your character? Yeah, so Nari is a giant human. She's about seven feet tall in her late 20s. Um, the first thing you notice about her is her size, how big she is, and her muscular body. She's got short red hair that's kind of slumped over to the side with a scar over her left eyebrow. Um, her, ta- her arms are tattooed in bands going up from her wrists to her biceps. Some of them are varying in thickness and then with dots in between. Uh, she's wearing like kind of rusted chainmail armor and heavy boots and then carrying like a big double-sided axe over her shoulder that's that's really sharp but has kind of faded leather grip on it that you can tell was once a darker color but is now a little bit lighter. So a weapon that's definitely seen some use. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that, um, that, uh, Nari looks like, um, looks like she knows what she's doing with that weapon and that armor. Um, yeah. So kind of everything coalesces to this moment as we see two figures being sneaky, a very large woman stepping sneaky. (laughs) attempting to be sneaky yes and failing um and then a very large woman um comes walking out uh and spots them and we have another figure up on a rooftop glancing down um having found kind of what they were looking for um just so you are aware of where you're at in the city um the city of tabory is i mean basically kind of a pentagon shape um and it's got different parts of the city that are rich different parts are poor there's an upper city which is actually on top of a cliff that's where the castle is that's where like the mayor's house is and city hall and then down at the lower um section down on the other um, side of this like bluff cliff uh, is called the lower city. That's more the middle class area. And there's also a place down in the southeast corner that's called the Muds. And the Muds is where the, the poorest of the poor live. Uh, it's called the Muds because the streets have never been cobbled. Uh, so whenever it rains, it's just mud. And then it's, it's up here, it's, it's mud quite a bit of the time. But right now, you are currently approaching a section of town uh, called The Pit. And The Pit is a section that's up by the kind of the northeastern gate, um, which is called the Forest Gate. And it's a, it's a center of trade. Uh, it's kind of, a, kind of the, the main market. Um, you can find most anything you're looking for there. Uh, this would be a place where a lot of people go. And this is a great place for Pine to post his... Um, his pamphlet. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at right now. But what I need right now, I need everyone to make a perception check, except for Roos. You can make a perception check with advantage. And then tell me what you get. I got a 16. That's Pine got a 16. Nari got a 10. Ebby rolled a 12. Roos also got a 16. 16. Okay. So as you're, Pine, you are walking up to the board. And just as you're about to put your paper on the board and stick it with like a a tack that you've got in your hand, suddenly your caracal ear just kind of twitches and you hear something 
coming from the Northeast. Uh, Roos, you have a better vantage point. You also hear um, the mechanical sound of the opening of gates. Now, this is late at night. We're talking after midnight. So the likelihood that the main city gates would be opening this late uh, is pretty rare. Usually they would open like a post-turn gate uh, and let people in one at a time if it's even deemed necessary. But for the gates themselves to be opening is kind of a big deal. Now, Roos, you're kind of up on top. The pits is down in, technically it's in the lower city. Um, and uh, Roos, you're kind of on top of one of the buildings that can kind of see up over this kind of bluff and you can see the gate. And Roos, what you see, you see the gate opening up and you see a... Uh, I, you, all you can tell us, it's like a lot of soldiers are marching into the city and they're wearing the gray jackets of the empire. And you've seen these guys all over the place here in Tabory, not so much. They keep a kind of a, a low, uh, a low presence when they do um, go around town, people kind of, you know, stay away from them. You know, they keep their noses clean when the, when the Imperial soldiers are around, but in all honesty, the, the empire has kind of stayed out of Tabory for the most part, and it's the local constabulary that deals with the the crime and the and all the um, all the uh, the the trouble that happens in the city. So you see a gate opening, and you see multiple soldiers in gray jackets over their armor come marching in. Um, you also see two unique people who come walking in. Um, one is looks to be in his 50s. He is dressed differently. He's not wearing the gray jacket. He's dressed very nicely. Um, and um, with a 16, you can tell there's something off about the way that he carries himself, but he's slim. He's clean shaven. He's um, he's uh, looks to be like in his kind of late middle ages. And he is talking to another man. And this man is much younger. He's probably in his 30s. He is wearing the gray jacket of a soldier, but you notice that his arms are not in the sleeves. He, he looks kind of unkempt. He looks like he's got his arms folded in front of him, but is but he's just kind of resting the jacket on his shoulders, um, more like a like a shawl than anything. Um, but they're talking back and forth, and that's what you see. And then the last thing that you see is something that is very unique. You see coming up behind the soldiers and entering into the city. You see what you can only describe as metal men. You see metal, robotic men walking into the city. You see probably 20 or 30 of them. And that's where we're at. So what do you do? Well, I'm going to shiver a little bit at the, the metal men. They kind of are a little off-putting. Um, but I'm going to slink to the shadows and try and stay, uh, remain hidden like I, like I have been. Pine, you know, you heard the noise, but you couldn't see what was going on. So what are you doing? Oh, so as soon as I start to hear the noise, um, Pine would hastily attempt to attach the pamphlet and then make his way back into the shadows, back away from that sound. Okay. Perfect. You go, you, you get up there, no problem. And you hustle back to the shadows where Ebby is waiting. There's something, there's somebody coming in the, the forest gate. Uh Am I able to see from where we are kind of hiding in the shadows? Can I see what's over there? 
Um, what you can see where you're at in the pit is you can see there's a like a like a ramp type drawbridge that goes up to the um, to the uh, the gate. But because you're on the south on the bottom of the um, of the cliff, you can't actually see up on top of the cliff. Does that make sense? Your 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 perspective is down too low. Got it. So I don't I don't see these metal people coming in at this point. No, and you couldn't, and you didn't hear the gate open either. It was you guys are far enough away that it was it was just kind of a uh, some background noise for you. And Nari, you see these two now; they're back, kind of tucked into an alley, and they're kind of um, they're talking back and forth. Um, you saw one of them go put a piece of paper up on that bulletin board there in the pit. And it's late at night, right? Like I, I couldn't casually yeah. stroll up and look at the bulletin board. Okay, then I'm going to try and sneak up a little bit closer to them and listen to what they're saying. Why don't you make a stealth check? And then I want, um, well, Ebby and Pine, I need your passive perceptions. Okay, I got a 19. Okay, my passive is 12. Mine is 13. Okay. Yeah, so you sneak up close. Uh, surprisingly, this large woman in chain mail just sneaks right up, um, kind of right around the corner of one of the houses and you're listening into to their conversation. And I heard the gate opening. There's somebody coming in. This is, uh, this is uncommon. It's not caravanners or, or other people coming in late at night. Does that happen every now and then? Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't live next to one of the gates, but I'd assume they'd make them wait till morning. Interesting. I suppose many people can't see in the middle of the night. Can they? Mm, no. Can Ebby see in the middle of the night? Um, I was, uh, this was actually one thing I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to give him for some of his starting items, some goggles of night vision. Oh, perfect. And just have like built into his body. Exactly. Perfect. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Roos, what are you doing? You're kind of slinking down out of the shadows as you're kind of coming down out of the, uh, off the roof or kind of hiding back, you, you see that eventually they all come in and the gates start to close. Are they, so I'm, I'm trying to, to pay attention to both groups. I'm interested in where these soldiers are going, but I also, um, don't want to lose track of, um, the two men that I've been following. Right. Okay. So what you see then, if you're, if you're kind of following both groups, you see that there are two, the the two men have kind of tucked into a corner. You're fairly certain they haven't moved from that area. Like they're having a little discussion. You see these soldiers, they come in and they stop right inside the gate. The two men that you saw there, the older man, and then the, the man who was slop, the soldier who was dressed sloppily, they continue their conversation. And then finally, the man who is kind of sloppily dressed kind of waves his arm up in the air and kind of, kind of in like a, yeah, whatever type of a gesture. And then the soldier and the, um, the unkempt man, they start walking down towards the bridge that goes down into the pit. And you see the well-dressed man kind of going along the, the road along the top in the upper city that takes him to the castle. I've got a couple things going. Roos has a couple things going through his head. Um, the most important one is he wants to be the one to confront the people down there and not let these newcomers find them. Um, are, are there any loose, um, like roof tiles or anything that I could grab and throw to try and, try and draw their attention. 
Um, you can try to peel off a, a, a shingle or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like clay okay. tiles. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to to peel off one of the the roof tiles. Okay, as you are peeling off a roof tile, they go and and hurl it. You are suddenly aware that the some of the soldiers have walked right up to one of the houses that's close by where you are, um, and they have started pounding on the door. And then as you look over, you see that other soldiers are pounding on a different door. Looks like the soldiers are going house to house for something. Okay. Well, I'm going to lay flat on the roof, <laughs> first thing. <laughs> and then I, I will try and uh, take this this uh, this roof tile and throw it towards where the um, the two newcomers are walking. Not Pine and, and uh, Eevee, okay. but towards the the people that just entered the city. Okay. Yeah. So the old, the older gentleman is walking towards the castle with just like two other guards and the mm-hmm. unkempt man is here staying kind of in the general area with the soldiers. Like he's overseeing okay. what's going on. So who okay. do you want to throw it at? And just, just point of order, your, the house that you were on is technically in the lower city, but the roof okay. is up at the level of the okay. upper city. Okay. So I just want to kind of throw it in their path so that it would draw the attention of the the people that I've been following okay. to look that direction. Okay. So you want you're trying to make some noise so that the people down below see what's going on up above. Exactly. Okay. Why don't you make a, an insight check? Okay. Uh, 14. 14. All right. So you're not sure that the, that the, the, that the vision will line up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, of the, because of the cliff. So you throw okay. a, you're throwing the tile down below so that they look towards the drawbridge, but they won't necessarily see anything because all they see is the drawbridge. Right now, the soldiers are still pounding on doors up at the gate, which is still the upper city. That is, that is the direction those two men are, are headed though, right? So one of the men is standing just kind of right by the gate. That's mm-hmm. the man. The other one is kind of going along the top road. Okay. Um, which is still in, is kind of going through the nicer neighborhoods towards the uh, towards the uh, the mayor's house, uh, city council, and or, or city hall, and then the the keep. So uh, I need to know what people are going to do. The longer we wait, then the more spread out the soldiers are going to get. I think that just naturally Pine would try to get out of that area because of the uh, uh, attention coming basically right through where they just were. Okay. So I'd be trying to be heading back into the lower city, um, like in more of the suburbs. Okay. That would, yeah. Do we say they were suburbs? No, we said they were middle class. Back no, into the no. middle class. In the middle class area. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Nari would kind of just be trying to hide in the shadows, but still pay attention to what's going on with the soldiers. So I don't necessarily want to retreat too much, but um, just kind of kind of follow them while also hiding. All right. So to leave the pits, it's kind of, you kind of head south more into the, into the main part of the lower city. And as uh, Pine and Ebbies, you guys start to head uh, south into the major, into the bigger part of the city, you kind of glance back just in time to see, um, it looks like some Imperial soldiers are starting to come down the, the bridge into the pit. Um, you guys are far enough away that you're not sure whether they saw you or not. So why don't you guys make another stealth check? I mean, Nari, I want you to make another stealth check. And then I want to know what Roos is doing too. Oh, I got a six. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I beat you there. Yeah. I got a four. Stellar. Take that. <laughs> oh, we yeah. do this all the time. I got a five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> all right. And then, Roos, um, what are I, you doing? I'd like to 
to stay still in the pit, but if these soldiers mm-hmm. notice um, the two men that I've been following, if if they notice them and start following them, then I would like to sneak closer. Okay, so why don't you make your stealth check? Because as uh, Pine and Ebby turn turn around and start heading out of the pit, they instantly run into a very large woman who is trying to sneak away from them. And the three of you kind of run into each other and there's kind of this, oh, oh, moment. And you are all looking at each other. Oh, hi. Who, who are you? My, you are large. I bet you're very strong too. You hear this, uh, before you can get out any more, you hear this, hey, who are you? Hey, stop, wait, we need to talk to you. And then uh, you hear the footsteps of some soldiers come um, come jogging down the drawbridge um, towards the direction of these two people. Let's roll, boys. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me handle this. I'll turn around and uh, face them and uh, start lighting a cigar. Okay. What's everybody else doing? I'm sneaking closer okay. to within range to throw something if I need to. Are you coming down off the roof? Um, nope, I'm still on the roof. Okay. If if I can, if there's a roof close enough for me to, to be you, in the area. Why don't you make a quick acrobatics check, just a super easy difficulty, difficulty five, to just jump from one roof to another so you can get a little closer. I rolled a 14. Yeah, easy enough. You jump down to another roof. It's a it's about five feet lower um, as the as the street kind of slopes down towards uh, the lower more to, into the lower city and more towards the the muds. Um, and you're on this other roof a little bit closer. You can see more clearly what is happening here. Two soldiers come running up, and you see now there's more soldiers at the top of the bridge. And one of the soldiers uh, in his gray jacket and kind of his visored helmet, um, he's got a, a spear in one hand, and he's got like a shield strapped to his back. He comes walking up, and he says, all right, a little late for you guys to be out here. What's going on? We were having a card game, and I'm not supposed to be smoking inside. Why don't you make a deception check? Oh, come on. Oh, it's about Woo-hoo. time. 22. Woo. That was fantastic. Um, okay, so the the man that you, the one soldier that came up to you, the one the one Imperial soldier that walked up to you and uh, kind of told you, asked you what you were doing, he, he says, it's a little late for a card game. Mm-hmm. You know, we, they, there was still money in the pot and we, we always play till it's over. But what we, what are you doing here? We're asking the questions here. And as he, as he says that, the other soldier is standing by the bulletin board. And he points at it and he says, hey, look what we got here. And he pulls down your flyer. And then the soldier who's talking to you, he turns around and he says, is that what we're after? And then the second soldier says, it looks like it. And then the first soldier turns back to me and he says, Hey, what do you know about all this all this garbage being written by the Empire? Or about the Empire? Garbage about the Empire? I don't I don't know. I usually just um you know, go put odd jobs and things, you know. I'm getting a little too old to to tend my garden, so I get some help from some of the neighborhood boys and put messages up on that uh, on that board there. And then uh, he points at Ebby, and I'm gonna have him make a Oh, how are we gonna roll this? Because you are you're covered from head to toe, correct? Yes. Yep. He kind of he kind of looks over at you and he says, "What are you, are you sick or something?" Um. Yes. <clears throat> terrible, terrible affliction that I picked out in the wilderness. Uh, it's most 
most difficult on the body and joints and limbs and all sorts of things are aching. It's very, very tough. Yes, all of these natural components that I have to my body are very achy, right? <laughs> the, the blood and um, uh, bones? And um, my hair hurts? <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he uh, kind of says, well, what do you know about this? And, he, and then he reaches over and, and grabs the pamphlet from the other soldier and holds it up. He says, what do you know about this? Oh, I would imagine that whoever terrible ruffian is posting such horrible things should be punished to the greatest extent. Uh, I mean, blessings of Imar Iramiel be upon you, good sirs, for finding whoever is doing this. So when you say blessings of Iramiel, uh, that's how you say the uh, name, uh, they both kind of put their, their hands up kind of, you know, like, do you remember in Napoleon Dynamite where he's doing the sign language and he does that bird and he's like looking at the bird? <laughs> remember yeah. that? Like that, they put their, they put their both hands up together like that in front of their chest, like kind of like bird wings. Um but it's not bird wings. You've seen the symbol of Iramil and it's like, it's like two hands and there's like a heart in the middle of it. But like, that's the symbol. That's what they do with their hands when you, when you say it. And they say, yes, yes. Uh, blessings of uh, Iramil be upon all of us. Um, and then they look over at you, Nari. Actually, I, I need you to make a deception check oh, first, all right. Eddie, because you were, you were chatting it up a little bit. This is, this is going to go really well, guys. Hey, that was surprisingly well. I rolled a, an 18 minus one, so 17. Nice. All right. Looks like we're beating your adventure, Paul. <laughs> I think that you guys just won. No, um, so they, they kind of nod. They like, uh, I think that your, your mentioning of uh, Iramil, kind of that Iramil is that um, uniquely imperial god, uh, the angel of unity. And so mentioning him, um, even if these people are not, pious it's still kind of the expected response i think you probably took them a little bit by surprise when you mentioned iramil um and uh they turn to you nari and they say and and you well what, what do you know of this um i know nothing of this i i've just come into the city in the last few days and i'm trying to find a place to stay and ran into these kind gentlemen and they challenged me at a game of cards and are a little bit upset that i won Oh yes, here's your here's your your payment. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you make a deception check, Nari, with advantage because literally Pine is giving you five gold pieces right now. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, with advantage, uh, twenty. Oh my gosh! All right, very good. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they uh, they say, all right. Well, if you do know anything. Make sure to, if you find anything out, make sure to notify uh, somebody here in the Imperial Garrison. Of course. We are, uh, we're hunting traitors. All right, off with you. Any oh, emotions, yes, you yes. go away. Good, good night. Yes. Okay, Roos, what are you doing? As soon as the guard le guards leave, my plan is just to continue to follow these men. Okay. And how are you going to do it from rooftop to rooftop? Or are you going to... Um... Until it becomes too difficult to do, okay, you, and then I'll then I'll uh, follow him from behind. Okay, so um, where are Roos and Ebby and Nari now going? Um, I think, um, I think that Pine would want to um get out of the view of any guards and try to regroup with um, uh, Nari, who just 
flawlessly helped us escape detection. Uh, and so probably, let's see. Where They're starting in the, in the northeast. Yeah, starting in the northeast. I mean, I have a home here, but I wouldn't take you to my home. So maybe to like a, a tavern, is that where you'd be staying, Nari? Yeah, um, I guess the Stone Horseman would be a great place, but that's kind of a far across town. Yeah, that's clear on the other side of town. The Kagari is the other, like the bigger one. Um, that's the more the raucous one. There's other like smaller places, but this time of night, a lot of them are closed up. Right. I would take them back to whatever, you know, inn I was staying at. I think you were staying at the Kagari because that's okay. where um, that's where you and your um, your other companion kind of ended up. And she's she's kind of decided to stay here, though. Right. She's working. She's, yeah. she, she's working. Doing her thing. <laughs> Yeah, although this time of night she might be done. So who knows? Nice. Um, as you guys are walking through town, you guys distance yourself from the soldiers. But now you, as you kind of glance back, you can see that there's more soldiers kind of coming down this this uh, this draw this uh, bridge down into the lower city. And um, you see them like knocking on doors and like people are answering the doors and they're actually having them come and step outside into the cold air. And they're questioning people um, on the street here at like, you know, basically 2 a.m. And uh, the only other thing I need, I need, I need perception checks with disadvantage from uh, the group. Not Roos, though. Okay, I got six with disadvantage. Yeah, I got an 11. Okay. I had a 10. Okay. All right. You just see more, more and more soldiers are kind of moving into the city, these Imperial soldiers in their gray jackets. Um, and as you get further and further away, um, yeah, you kind of lose sight of them around a corner. Um, Roos, if you're going to keep view, I need you to make two athletics or acrobatics check as you jump from roof to roof. So one of those was a nat 20, just throwing that out there. I got a 21 and a 25. Nice. boy. So you, you jump to one roof and then you run across and then you do like the parkour, like run up a chimney and backflip across the gap to the next one. Um, and it's amazing to see, except for nobody saw you because um, you're also very, very quiet. But you, you kind of stop and you're like, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. I, I pull out Gigi real quick and I, I motion to her with a wink at Gigi, um, who is my lizard companion. Nice. and and tell her how cool my acrobatics were. Uh, and she, then I put her back in my pocket. She, she kind of makes eye contact with you for a second and then kind of a tongue lick, sticks out and licks her eyeball and then goes back in. <laughs> All right. Um, very good. Okay, so you guys are out of, out of view of the soldiers. You have um, you know, a pretty open city right now for you. So where are you guys headed? I think we'll head to the cake ring. I mean, that's, if, if, that's where, if that's where Nari's going, then we'll follow along. I think it'd be good to get in um, indoors before we start having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's head over there. I'll usher you guys along and say, come on with me. Let's figure this out. Okay, so here's what we're going to say. So you guys can get to the Kagri, no problem. Roos, there, becomes, there comes a point where you have to get down off of a roof. Yes. And so I'll, I'll need you to make a stealth check if you, if you still the- don't want to be seen. So at the point where where I'd have to climb off the roof, I'd like to walk up um, and kind of appear out of nowhere, if you will, in the okay. midst of them, and um, and ask a question. Okay. Well, why don't you roll for being a badass? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see. it'll still be a stealth. It'll still be stealth. We'll see if I if I manage to pull this off, but okay, probably will not be able to because. 
Okay, I rolled a 12 for my stealth. Okay, I'm pretty sure Ebby's uh, natural passive perception is a 13, right? Mm-hmm. What's yours, yeah. Nari? Uh, Your passive passive perception. perception is 14, yeah. 14, okay, oh, yeah. Wow. So Pine is totally like, oh, oh where did you come from? But everybody <laughs> else is like, oh, here's some, here comes some guy. <laughs> so I'll, All right. I'll, I'll walk up directly to Pine oh. and... Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, trying to be threatening at all, but just kind of um, walk up to him and uh, casually mention, um, where, uh, what are you trying to gain by putting out those flyers? What? <laughs> I'm trying to get a, a, one of the neighborhood lads to help me with my garden. Hmm. Well, do you have any more flyers? I, uh, I know a kid that might be able to help out. It's, um, I dropped it. Hmm. Who are you? Why are you accosting me? You're not one of the soldiers. (laughs) I'll step back and try and offer a little space and, and say, no, 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 I, I, I'm not a soldier. I, uh, think of me as an interested third party. I, I lean in towards, uh, Pine's ear and I say, do you think he really means he can garden? That's fascinating. I'd love to talk to him about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I'm I'm taking in um, EB from um, like not in the shadows and right. um, kind of eye you up and down the bandages and and just kind of like shake my head a little bit and say no no I I'm not a gardener. Oh well, I guess we can try someone else sometime then. We, we, we must be off the street. The soldiers, we, we, we have no business with you. We're, we're, we're heading in. Good night. I'm, I'm trying to express that I'm interested in the content of your flyers. Can I, can I see if I trust this you newcomer? Can, why don't you make an insight check? And then I will have, um, I will have uh, Roos make, uh, secretly make a deception or a diplomacy check. It's called persuasion in D and D. Persuasion. Sorry, yeah, I know. I keep going back to Pathfinder. Sorry. <laughs> so just tell me what you roll, um, Scott. You don't need to tell me wh- wh- what you actually rolled. Okay. I rolled a fifteen. <laughs> okay. Uh, you. This guy seems on the level. It doesn't seem like he's with the soldiers. Um, and it seems like he's actually maybe somebody who might have taken interest in your writing, which is kind of the point of your writings. Yeah, but they're also not supposed to be able to track it back to me. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and your stealth was five, I think. For your, or, or, no, you had, a, you had a natural one for your very first stealth check, didn't you? Yeah, you're um, walking by and some kid looks out the window and says, hey, it's that guy who puts up the flyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's past your bedtime. His first flyer had his signature on it, but he scratched it out. <laughs> With one line, just one line across it. Oh, no, no, not this guy. Definitely not Pine. <laughs> not, not Pine. Anybody but Oak. His name is Oak. Um... So Nari is kind of going to be a little agitated at what's going on because she's worried about the soldiers. So she's going to try and get people to kind of mosey inside and figure this out in there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Roos, are you going with them then? I'm going to follow them unless told not to. 
Okay. The four of you kind of form this um, uneasy group as you head south uh, to the the south gate of the city. Uh, the south gate of the city is actually uh, right at the river, and it's it opens up into like this uh, kind of a pier. Uh, it's called um, Tabery Landing, and there's a ferry that goes across the river, uh, and it goes across to a place. It's called Gorton's Ferry, but um, that is uh, the Kagri is just on the other side of the gate inside the city. Um, and uh, that is kind of a, a more raucous, more um, rough tavern. Generally speaking, there's something going all the time at the Kagri. And it's also very large. It's a tavern. It's an inn. Um, it's got other um, less than savory fare if you're interested I'm going to walk up to the bar and order us four beers and get us a, a corner table in the back. Yeah, yeah, you walk in, you walk into the tavern. It's a place that you've been in many times now in your in your like week or so that you've been here in town. Um, you see there's a few patrons in there at the tables. Some of them are are deep, deep into their cups. Um, there's a few passed out. There is somebody kind of in the corner playing like a lute, singing some kind of a like a body kind of uh, um inappropriate song um and there's a few people listening every once in a while he'll say something like you know um and you know reciting limerick about a man from nantucket yeah something like that i was about to say something i was like i don't i don't know i don't know if i want to say that but anyway um yeah but it's something that you know other people would be like i don't know if i should say that but he's saying it and every once in a while there'd be like a ha ha from the people who are listening but yeah you guys uh uh, there's a, there's plenty of empty tables in here this time of night. Um, and you find a table kind of into a, in a corner with four stools. Okay. Well, Pine will open the conversation and say, um, what, what do you know of the writings? Perhaps I'm a fan of the cause. Hmm. Abby, I think we have, um, succeeded in the first phase of our plan. Now we actually have them here. Unfortunately, we didn't organize an uprising before they arrived. Yes, well, it, it's a pleasure to meet you two, and no offense to the either of you, but how do we know that we can trust you both? Well, let's be clear. How do I know I can trust you? I, What exactly are you talking about with this uprising? I still haven't seen your face yet. I, I don't even know what you are. Um, well, I... Ebby kind of looks to the left and to the right, um, waits for a moment when uh, nobody in the tavern would be paying attention over here in the corner and uh, starts to lift just a corner of some of the head wrappings that would reveal kind of the metallic lower jaw mouthpiece and kind of, you know, head basically his lower half of his head and his neck to them. And says, while he's showing it to him, he's, he says, just understand that Pine and I here are no friends of the Empire, and we would do well to make sure that we stay out of their eye. I'm going to sputter into my beard and, and kind of murmur, oh, I thought he had leprosy. By the gods, this is worse. <laughs> And Ruth, as you see this, um, there's definitely some similarities to what you saw coming into the in through the gate. Now you were far enough away that you know you can't be sure, but I mean, it's it looks. I mean, this very well could be. Um, I don't know the same model, the same. Yeah, I'm gonna lean over to Pine and say, yeah. 
You trust this thing? Oh yes, we've been we've we've been doing this for a number of weeks now. I'm suddenly less confident. Well, perhaps I can put your mind at ease. The Empire and I are not on the best of terms. Whatever they did to me, I need answers. I need answers to whatever it is that they've awoken within me. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this shell. I don't even know who I am. Hmm. Ebby is not this metal creature that you see. Ebby is a prisoner within it, and it's the Empire that's done it to him. Did you know Ebby beforehand? No. Okay. (laughs) To be fair, Ebby didn't know who Ebby was before all of this. I just woke up in a facility. Um, up in the mountains. It was an Imperial research facility. At least, I didn't know it at the time, but um, it became clear afterwards as I recognized the the uh, garb and the, the um, livery, if you will, of the different guards and scientists that were stationed there. As you guys are having this conversation, the door to the tavern opens. And, and by the way, Ebby, I was going to say that when you looked around, like to see if anyone was looking or when the perfect opportunity was to, to lift your scarf, you look around for like 10 seconds and nobody moves at all. Nobody was looking at you at all. Nobody could, nobody could care less. But as you, um, as you guys are having this conversation, suddenly the door to the tavern opens and in walks uh, uh, a man, just a local guy, comes wandering in and he's like, Hey, everybody, just be aware. The Empire's here. They're going door to door. They're looking for whoever's been spreading that that sedition, that uh, those uh, pamphlets we've been seeing around town. They're turning people out of their homes. Like you best get you best get home and tend to yours if you if you got them. And then he turns around and heads back out. Perhaps we shouldn't tarry here too long. What are they going to do to them as they pull them out of their homes? Have they, have they been here before, Paul? In this kind of uh, capacity, not since you've been here. No. Okay. Well, I'm yeah, I'm worried for them. Who has a home like in the city? Oh, um, I do have a home here, but I'm the only one who lives there. It's, they're not going to find anything. Okay. Uh, so where is Roos staying? Me? Oh, I've got a place here and there. Sus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't even. <laughs> I just met you. I mean, <laughs> it's one thing to ask me where I live, but I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm interested. <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I was wondering where we were all going to go to to hide, but I can just stay here, no problem. Do we hide? That's the question. We have them here on our doorstep, and they're already doing wrong by the people of Tabery. We can't take them all on with the four of us. Well, Don't no, we can't take them all on. There's things we could do. We could sabotage. Unfortunately, this is not my area of expertise. Sabotage? When they're just coming door to door, what are we going to do? We need to, like, hide for a minute. Who said anything about going up against the Empire? Well, I didn't. Well, I think, I think Pine did. <laughs> I mean, the... the, the uh... Or beer pine. You see people starting to like kind of filter out of the tavern, which is kind of unique. Uh, Nara, you haven't seen that really. People at this time of night, the people who are here are pretty much here to stay. People start kind of wandering, grabbing their hats, grabbing their jackets and, and heading out the door. And then before too long, as you guys are continuing your conversation, you guys are the only ones really in the tavern. Um, uh, yeah. I'm finishing my drink. Okay. Well, yes, but... 
I respect that. But <laughs> where are we going to go? Like, do you want to, I mean, we, we could come up to my room, but if they're knocking door to door and requiring people to come out, that's, you know, only going to raise suspicions. So I've been here like a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much a week. Is there a way I can convince the tavern owner to hide a couple of like to hide my friends in the cellar or to hide a couple of them in the cellar? And then when they come door to door, just have, you know, me and one other person come out. You know, you could try. Um, it, the difficulty would be high. Um, I can tell you this. You have um, you have another asset here in the category that would be much better equipped to get that kind of a, fa- a favor. Well, my friend would be able to do that for us, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Probably. Um, and she would probably be able to take at least one of you guys off my hands. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know if Abby would appreciate it as much as the other two would, but who knows? <laughs> appreciate what? I don't understand what we're talking about. But yeah, we could at least have have her take one of them. And then, you know, I wouldn't mind necessarily taking the other. And then if we could have one person hide, it just seems odd to have four people hanging out at once. I'm going to lean back in my chair and ask Pine, I'll say... Why do you think the Empire is here? I know why I was interested in your letters, and perhaps it's the same reason. But what what do you think they're after? I think they're after someone spreading sedition against the Empire, telling the truth of their atrocities. You think they're here for someone like you? No. No, I... I think... Based on some of these things that you've written, I think they're looking for someone. Not you, Mr. Pine. Who, then? I don't want to put all my cards on the table, but maybe they're looking for somebody from the old kingdom before they took over here. You guys can make history checks if you want to. That's an eight for Pine. That's an eight for Sabrina or for Nari. (laughs) You're not from around here originally. I will try to roll too. I mean, Ebby Ebby's hasn't really been, I'm going to say awake for too long. Um, so he's still pretty naive to some things, but uh, as he's kind of come around civilization, anytime he's had a chance to read and devour books on different topics, he's taken that chance. Okay. Um, so he's going to go ahead and roll a history check too. <laughs> a nine. <laughs> you guys are all just scratching your heads going, ah, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> And Roos, what did Roos get? <laughs> I got a seven. But I'm okay. from this city, so I'm trying to see if they can figure out what you're even kind of alluding to. Well, yeah. it sounds like you might – are you someone who we should be concerned about? Are you me, might? Me? No, 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 no. I'm, uh, I'm following up on some rumors that someone related to the old king is, is uh, in hiding here. Uh-huh. Well, maybe not in the city, but uh, and and my my inclination is that that's what the empire is after. You know, perhaps that makes a bit more sense. It would just seem like a bit of overreach, overkill, if you will. One person putting up seditious flyers—that doesn't seem like something that they would send out an entire troop of soldiers to try to quell. So, 
Do you guys know anything about any any relatives of the old king in hiding? No, no, I have no idea. Oh, this is the first we've heard of it. I live in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) I I use tree bark as toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally I find a soft pine cone. No, um, what I was... (laughs) Okay. As you guys are kind of having this discussion, this conversation, um, suddenly you hear this kind of amplified voice, and it sounds kind of like this. Ah, this is taking too long. All right, all you, everybody out, everybody out, come on outside, wake up, wake up. We've got some questions for you. We can go door to door, or we can make this fast. We need to know who's been writing all this crap about the Empire. And we need to know what you know about Fallen Heaven. So I think that I would like to motion over my my friend who's still around and hook her up with um, Pine. And okay. then so you're going to go I try will, to find Ember. Yeah, I'm going to take Ember and I'm going to put her up with Pine because she's around. Well, but you uh, don't see her now. She She's probably um, indisposed at this point. Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to go bust in there and, and figure that out. <laughs> okay, so all of a sudden, Nari just stands up and just walks off. <laughs> and you guys all heard this. You heard this uh, this announcement, and it sounds like it's kind of moving kind of through the city. So you kind of heard it from the east end, and now it's kind of heading towards the west end. So somebody's walking through with, like, some kind of a contraption that amplifies their voice, just waking everybody up. And you can kind of hear it in the background um, as you guys continue your conversation. Fallen heaven, is that what you're referring to? Every, everybody's heard of Fallen Heaven. It's the it's the resistance to the Empire. Yeah, it's it's not exactly secret. It's like uh, uh, uh oh, I don't know. Um, resistance. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's like during uh, World War Two. You know, there was a French resistance. Everyone knew that there was a French resistance, but nobody really knew who they were or where they were until they struck. And that's kind of what Fallen Heaven is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow my eyes at at Pine and Eb and say you're not with Fallen Heaven. We're independent operators. Now the question is, do you believe them, Ruth? I don't know that I do. I don't think I do believe them. Okay, well Pine Pine is gonna get up from the table like they're they're coming around. They're gonna come in this building eventually. We have to outside to you know maintain the appearance that we're innocent okay okay so we're gonna cut back to nari nari you are uh you pound up the stairs and you start walking down a hallway you know which room is embers um and as you approach you can kind of hear this whoosh, whoosh. Well, yeah. <laughs> so what, do you, what do you do you hear like the sound of of you know like um i don't know, like a leather belt slapping against something no big deal. So let's walk in and I have, um, I'm just going to walk in and I'm just going to be like, Hey, Ember, I need you. like you over. <laughs> you walk in and, uh, you see that there was something going on. Um, and Ember turns around. That's, that's, I'll just say there was something going on. Ember turns around. She's got like a, like a mask on over her eyes, kind of like a, like a Victorian era, like a masquerade type of a mask. She turns around. She's got like a cat of nine tails up over her shoulder. And she's like, Nari, what are you doing? I'm working. There's somebody on the bed. I 
I well, I don't give a shit about him. Um, I'm be like, hey, Amber, I need you to come downstairs and help us out with something. There is some weird Empire shit going on, and I need your girl. It's like, ah, uh, I heard the announcement. She's like, all right, up, out of bed, get your clothes on. We're done. We're done. We got to go outside. And then uh, she uh, she kind of like grabs his clothes and shoves them in his hands and kicks him out the door. And then she puts on like a like a just kind of an overcoat. She was not like she was wearing clothes, but um, anyway. So she she's like, yeah, okay. What do you need? I'm gonna say uh, I need you to come hang out with a friend of mine and just say that you are with him for tonight. Um, just just come downstairs and just say you're with him. Like it's no big deal. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Let's go. So she comes downstairs and as, as you're walking back downstairs with her, she's like, so tell me about this guy. <laughs> and then, uh, we're cut back to the, uh, to the table. So Pine, you stood up. Where are you going? I mean, I'm waiting for Nari to come back, but I'm kind of, I'm nervous. So I'm waiting to, to go out the door. Yeah. As you, as you're kind of waiting there, the innkeeper or the, the tavern, the, the barman, he kind of like, all right, guys, I got to close up. We all got to go outside. I'm going to go, I'm going to, kind of whisper to pine and tell him if we need to let's make our way to the wall i can transform as needed and perhaps we can climb our way out of here okay so we're by the southern gate right you're by the southern gate yes okay all right and remember the southern gate leads onto the wharf or the the pier and then it's like a, a river so there's a ferry that okay. goes across it okay okay where's everybody going what's everybody doing I'd like to ask Pine, do you have any more of those pamphlets or did you pass them all out? We'll pass them out with them. I'm writing by hand here. <laughs> One. Oh. Put it on the bulletin board. I, I just assumed that you had some sort of crystal tech and you were copying them, but hey. <laughs> I'm too old for crystal tech. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> the buttons are I, too small. I can't see the numbers. <laughs> I just, I, hey, sorry. I just assumed. You got a jitterbug crystal tech. I'm going to try to add it to It shifts everything. It's so frustrating. Oh, God. Newfangled contraptions. Well, oh, I, guess, I guess that means you have no evidence on you, so we got nothing to hide except for this one. And I'll look, I'll look at Evie. And I look, I turn around like you're pointing behind me. <laughs> All right. Nari approaches the table um, and she's got a, I mean, if she was standing next to anybody but Nari, she would be considered quite tall. She's about six feet tall. She's uh, the best way to describe her is um, what? Uh, how did I describe Books, uh, Buxom and boisterous. She's a 10 out of 10 babe and she's my friend. Yes. She's got long red hair, but like dyed red hair, like where it's unnaturally red. Um, and she comes uh, kind of sauntering up to the table with Nari. She's like, so which one of these boys am I supposed to help? All right. So I'm going to say, hey, you go to like, go hang out with Pine for a second. Just say you guys were hanging out for the night. And then I'm going to grab ruse and i'm just kind of gonna do my best to imitate um a prostitute as well and just kind of hang on him as such even though that's not really my expertise um and sorry ebby you're you're just gonna kind of have to fend for yourself hmm. as you reach for me i'm like super awkward about it and i like whisper like i told you i'm not interested earlier dude come on man be chill <laughs> 
And Pine is like, well, hello, young lady. What, <laughs> what are you doing up so late? <laughs> so tell me, are you in school? <laughs> what are your studies about? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm studying. I'm gonna, I want to go to veterinary school because I love animals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm towering like two feet above like Bruce, but no big deal. I'm in her arms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's some guys dig that. That's some guys fetish. Uh, so you guys all. So the barman kind of just hey, kinda, hey out out. We got to go out. Um, I was waiting for my companion apparently. Uh, so she slips her arm into yours. She's like oh. come along. She's like come along, Grandpa. And then she uh, she pinches you on your um, on your bottom cheek. I'll be. I will be along shortly. I'm going to um, let me let me know if you're cool with this, Paul. I'm going to go kind of into like just a hall or someplace that's out of sight. And mm-hmm. what I want to do is I actually want to go ahead and do a wild shape into like a wolf. Okay. Um, now for everybody else, when I wild shape, I am still like robotic. So it's kind of like a transformer kind of change into an animal. But here's here's my hope in the process of transforming. I want to keep like I, I want to pull out a, a fur like blanket and kind of wrap that around my body. And so that way it looks like I am a kind of shaggy wolf dog thing. If anybody looks too closely, they'll probably see like that. It's not a very, you know, it's not like attached to me hard. It's just kind of wrapped around my body and pinched in place in places. Okay. But let me know if that sounds okay to you. So, so I, I think that that's great. We're going to just kind of tweak it a little bit. Let's say what you do is you pull out your, your fur, you lay down on the ground and pull it over you so that when you transform, you can just stand up because you have no way of actually pinching it around you once you're actually in wolf form. Does that make sense? So yeah, you've got like this, you got this like blanket hanging off you. So you're like this super like kind of like you look like a, a dog with like super droopy skin or whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, somebody, if somebody sees you from the corner of their eye, they'll see fur. Um, and if they're not looking close enough, then yeah, you can pass um, as, a, as a dog or a wolf. Um, but you know that you're not going to hold up to any kind of scrutiny. Got it. Okay. So you all step out of the building, including this kind of weird looking... Um, hairy dog and uh roos and nari and even ember kind of gives a look like what in the world is going on this is the strangest thing what a weird night um what are you guys thinking when you see this mechanical dog with a with a fur uh draped over it come trotting out of the of the bar behind you you know i've seen stranger things so i'm just going to giggle while holding on to the body of roos (laughs) hold on to his arm and just uh (laughs) Do my best at pretending to be kind of skanky. Okay. Um, <laughs> as you guys walk out, um, you see that like, the people are coming out of their houses. They're pulling on robes and they're pulling on jackets, putting on hats and stuff. And uh, you see that like on every corner, there's like a, an imperial soldier and they're waving everybody kind of uh, back up towards the, uh, the upper city. And so um, as you head north back into the city, there's a, a couple of different bridges that go up to the up the cliff and up to the upper city. Um, and so you wander on up there. Is there anything anybody wants to do as you wander? I, I guess, um, Ebby, you're going to probably kind of stay more shadows, kind of um, trying to stay uh, out of out of sight, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to kind of mirror them, but move through the shadows and just try to not attract any attention. Okay, well, why don't you go and make a stealth check as a wolf? All right, stealth for the wolf. What was that one again? I think it's a plus four on that. Let me Sounds roll. Good. 
There we go. So an additional three onto that. So an 11. 11. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of people moving around. Every once in a while, you do get a look. Um, I'm going to make one check real quick. Um, okay. Um, at one point, you get yelled at by a, a guard. And he says, hey, get out of here. Get out of here, mutt. And uh, you're kind of chased back away. Um, so I'm going to have you make one more stealth check um, with disadvantage to try to keep up with everybody. Otherwise, you guys are going to be separated. Okay. All right. With disadvantage. Oof. Oof. Um, it's plus three to that, though. So eight. Eight total. Yeah, you just keep trying to find a way. Um, and let's make one more check on my side. Oh, oh, God. Okay. Well, I rolled a natural one. So, um, yeah, that one guard who was very observant, who saw you trying to sneak around and everything and kind of yelled at you to get away. You had a terrible, ugly, gross, disgusting dog. Um, Ouch, man. Flee. <laughs> anyway, um, you go around the corner and then you just slip literally right behind the very next guard at the very next intersection. And you guys oh, are like... <laughs> That observant guard was like, well, my job's done. <laughs> <laughs> I observed. <laughs> All right. So you guys kind of go up one of the bridges and the, the streets are now crowded. Uh, and so um, the upper city is smaller than the lower city, but it's got bigger houses. So you kind of congregate. uh Everybody kind of congregates kind of right out in front of the castle, but there's so many people that some people are quite a bit distant um, and some people get stuck on the bridge going um, kind of up into the upper city. So where do you guys want to be? Because right now, if you guys want to kind of stay back towards the back of the pack, that's, that's definitely doable. However, you probably won't get as much information from whatever's about to happen. Does that make sense? Um. I think that uh, Pine would try to be uh, not in the very front, but uh, in front of the middle. Okay. I think we would want to be like second row kind of area. We really want to know what's going on. And also Nari's pretty big, so I can just shoulder some people by like, you know, concert style. Yeah, I'm I'm fine going right up with Nari, but as as soon as like it gets crowded, I feel like I keep like trying to get out of your arms and you keep pulling me back. <laughs> Exactly. She's all, get over here, lover. <laughs> I am doing this. Will you? <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, and, and Ember just kind of walks along. You can tell that her like bravado that she had earlier on is a little bit, um, it's a little bit faded now as things kind of are starting to get a little bit more serious. You can see uh, basically what is happening is everyone's kind of gathering up there in the upper city in front of the of the gate into the castle and the gate to the castle is open. Um, I want you guys to make perception checks. All right. 19. I rolled a 19 14 from Ebby. Okay. Rolled a net 20. That is 23. Here's, here's what we'll say. Um, we'll say that, um, Ebby, as you slink along in the shadows and you're kind of, you're staying relatively close, you can see that there's definitely people between you and the rest of the group, but you're close enough that, you know, if, if anything were to go down, you could be there, you know, within seconds. Okay. Um, but you, you start looking around and you see for the first time lined up in front of the castle gate, you see two rows of metal men just like you. Uh, I shouldn't say just like you. 
there's a little bit of difference. Um, as you're looking at them, you can see that, you know, where you have kind of more of a, I want to say like art deco kind of a feel. Is that, is, would that be fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably fair. Hey, you're, you're, you're a little bit simplistic is the wrong word, but you're not like, you don't have like all these ridges and lines and bolts and, and like uh, vents and all this kind of stuff. Right. You're, 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 you're kind of a, a minimalist robot. If Yeah. If very, very accurate. Okay. Um, these ones, you can see that their structure underneath is very minimalist, but there's other things added on top. So they have like, um, they have like a, a, like a fin on top of their head, just like a short little fin. Um, and they have, uh, you know, bigger shoulder pads. It looks like they have like armor that's been built onto them, you know, like kind of attached to them in places. So it's like they're, they're the same basic model as you, but they definitely have different equipment. Um, you see that they are all carrying spears and swords um, and they have shields on their arm. They are standing at attention right in front of the gate so that um, you can't get into the castle. The gate is open. Um, you see that the other more, uh, the human Imperial soldiers are kind of wandering around through the crowd uh, telling everyone, hey, get closer, get closer. There's gonna be an announcement. Um, and that's what you see, um, Abby. You kind of see those metal men and are instantly, you stop looking anywhere else because as you see these metal men, suddenly you hear a voice that you have not heard in probably five years. And it is a voice you have not heard while conscious. And the voice just says, I could only wake up one. The others need to awaken. And then the voice is gone. Um, could, if I were to try to speak or think any thoughts to a do i get the feeling that i would get a response well why don't you respond and see what happens neum is that you have you come back to me you you hear the voice fainter now and it says those poor poor people still sleeping and so you're not sure if he heard you but you get the impression that he knew you could hear him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like, think so. He didn't necessarily hear what you said, but he knew that he, that you were aware of him. So anyway, um, that is what Ebby experiences. Um, the rest of you with your amazing perception checks, you see that now, um, set up along kind of the top of the, of the gate, the gatehouse. Um, it's flat, like a, it's got the uh, the crenellated wall, so that you can stand up on the um, on the gatehouse and look out over the city. Uh, you see that there are three um, men standing up on top of the gatehouse. You see the unkempt soldier in the gray jacket that's kind of uh, unbuttoned and just kind of uh, over the guy's shoulders. The young guy who's like thirty, um, he's got like a, a goatee and a mustache, and he's got like kind of unkempt blonde hair. He's just kind of standing in a kind of a nonchalant kind of a uh, kind of a um, uh, casual stance. Um, and I'm gonna have. Uh, Pine make an insight check in just a second. Um, 
and then you see standing next to him, you see the older gentleman, the like 50s year old man with the gray hair who was dressed much nicer, who uh, I think it was Roos noticed that there was something off about him, not, some, not something different about him, the way he carried himself. And now Roos, as you get a better look with your natural 20, you can see it looks like actually his arm, his left arm ends uh, about halfway between the shoulder and the elbow and his sleeve is actually pinned up. So um, he has, uh, he's missing uh, part of his left arm. Um, he is standing there. And then the third person you see up on top of the gatehouse is you see a slight uh, kind of slender older man. He's, he's, uh, he's got that hunch that is not from like old age. It's like from timidity. It's just, he's like super timid. Uh, I mean, maybe timid is the wrong word. He just... He doesn't like attention, um, but you, anyone who's been in town for more than like, um, you know, a few weeks or a month has heard about this guy. This guy is Magister Colbry, C-O-L-B-R-Y. He is the imperial agent in charge of the city of Tabory, and he has been living here in the castle for the last five years, ever since Arkelvy became a province, and um, people don't usually see him. Um, people have heard descriptions of him, but there's kind of this there's kind of this running bet in town trying to figure out about Magister Colbury. People either figure he did um, he's getting rewarded by being in charge of Tabury because it's so easy, or they figure that he is being um, punished by being placed in charge of Tabory because it's so far away from everything and there's nothing to do. And so there's this running kind of bet as to what it is, but you see him standing up there too, kind of a little bit further back than the other two. Um, and that is what you see. Um, Pine, why don't you go and make me an insight check? It's an 11. Okay. All right. Um, you sense some swagger in that soldier who has his jacket undone. Um, and you sense that, I mean, yeah, you, you get the impression that he kind of knows what he's about um, and he probably just doesn't care to be. Um, it's kind of like special forces in the army where, you know, they grow beards and they kind of wear baseball caps and stuff. You get the impression that's kind of what this guy is like, like he's not in the normal chain of command. Yeah, like the, obviously he's not in uniform as he as he normally would be and nobody's calling him on it. So that means that he has some kind of influence. Yep. All right. So you guys are all standing there. So um, that is what everyone sees. People are milling about saying, I wonder what this is about. You know, what's going on? Oh, my kids, they need to get their sleep and that kind of thing. And then the older gentleman, uh, he kind of motions to the younger man who kind of uh, kind of gives like a, a huff and he steps forward and he's like, all right, all right, Ramsey, I got this. He's like, okay, Tabory, you don't know me. My name is Adjudicator Rolf. And anyone who wants to make a history check can, but he's going to keep talking. 21. Oh, 23. Roos, you just keep having to uh, up everybody else, don't you? <laughs> I'm really trying. <laughs> All right. Um, he's like, I am here in your town. Because I need to find out who has been writing this garbage. And he holds up a pamphlet and he throws it down. So it kind of flutters down out in front of the gate. He's like, we will find out who's been writing this sedition. It's only a matter of time. 
So starting tomorrow, one person from every family will be locked up in stocks until somebody comes forward. And then a week later, if nobody's come forward, then we'll start hanging people. And there's like a hush that kind of goes over to the crowd. And there's then there's like a murmur and a murmur. And he's like, oh, that got your attention? Okay, I need to know who wrote this. I need them here. I need to talk to them. Okay, that's it. Go on. He kind of like motions like, okay, like scoot. Like, okay, that's it. Go away. And as he turns around to walk away, you see the older gentleman, like the guy who he called Ramsey, he's kind of shakes his head. And then he turns around too and starts walking away. Quick into the castle. Yeah, back into the castle. Yeah. And so the uh, the crowd kind of starts to slowly disperse. Um, okay. I vote we just casually walk back towards the inn. I mean, there's nothing going on here. Like we're just going back to where we came from. As we walk with Amber on my arm, um, I'll say, that leather is very shiny. <laughs> she does not know how to respond. <laughs> like, um, thank she, you. She's a babe. She knows exactly how to respond. Okay, so I'm, I am a, like a 40-year-old white guy pretending to be a hot dominatrix, so I don't know how to respond. She's That's what queen. I do. <laughs> She 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 says something that I can't I'm not witty enough to come up with and you blush, Pine. You blush. Um she's like, that's not the only thing that's shiny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. What does that what does that mean? But she, um, says it, she says it like real sexy like that's oh, all. Oh yeah. Like 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 the, the paint on the wall starts to bubble because it's so hot. Um, <laughs> And I know that's exactly not that's why that's right. Happens. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's usually moisture. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Pine says that, but Pine is saying that to like distract himself because he feels very responsible at this point for the the safety of everybody in this city. That's fair, but we just need to go back and that super cash while we're oh, yeah, walking that's what, back to that, our place. That's what he's doing, but he does feel guilty. So okay, so. Where are you guys going? Are you going back to the keggery? I would say we go back to the keggery unless you guys want to like try to ditch out of town after he makes that announcement. I'm assuming people would be watching the gates. I don't think I can leave town. I'm going to look up at Nari and say, can we stop? um, Can you stop holding me now? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, dude. Like, uh, Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. cool. Um, yeah, I don't. I need you guys to make a falling in love check right now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll agree with Pine. You know, I I don't feel comfortable leaving quite yet. Um, got some important people that live here, and I can't leave them in this this sort of a situation. Yeah, as you guys are walking, the Ember says, "Yeah, um, what what is this all about?" They're going to start hanging people over some paper? No, they won't hang people. I won't let them hang people. Oh, she says, what What are you going to do? She seems confused, like, okay, an old man walking with a cane. Amber, we're going to take – I am going to take care of this. Do not worry. She says, I remember how we left Arkelvy. I would rather not have a repeat of that. And just point of order, Arkelvy is also the name of the capital city of the province of Arkelvy, in case anyone is keeping track. 
girl, I got you out of there and I saved you. Don't worry about it. I will do the same here, but we won't have to leave. We'll take care of it. I promise. She says, I appreciate it. I, you know, I love you. And then she pulls open like her, her neckline just a little bit. And she points to the scar on her kind of on her collarbone. She's like, but that was too close for comfort. Okay. You guys walk back to the kegery. Um, Abby, you, um, what are you doing? Because you're not kind of part of this group. Um, you're, mm-hmm. you can see where they're going, but you've also just run into some, a blast from your past. Yeah. Um, I think I probably would linger up there for just a little bit um, and just kind of surveying and and seeing if I get any glimmer or if anything kind of strikes me. Do I recognize – were these things that I saw um, when I was, let's say, born? Well, yeah, these – this it looks like – what, what you saw now that you've like seen yourself, because when we did our session zero, yes, everybody listening, we did session zeros and it was great. Um, uh, when we did your session zero, you had never even seen yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, now that you've seen yourself and like reflections in the water and also like mirrors and that kind of thing, you, you realize that you look like the same other beings that were there in that facility um they just weren't awake and now these ones that you see look like they very well may be that same model it's just that they've had other things added to them you know what i mean like the metal uh plating and stuff looks newer built for a purpose b- b- built for like war built for protection <laughs> that kind of thing so got it okay um yeah, I think after a little while and after seeing them start to head back, I'm going to kind of turn around and also start heading back and kind of following them. I, I may not realize that they're heading to the Kagari necessarily, but I I imagine that as we draw closer, I realize that that's where they're headed. Right. One thing you do notice as you're heading back to the Kagari is that the guards that were kind of siphoning everybody towards the upper city, they don't care anymore. They're all kind of heading back um, in different directions. I think you get the impression that they are um, kind of glad that they're not having to knock on doors anymore and that you're just kind of getting to the getting down to the meat of it and uh, and, and hoping that um, they won't have to start pulling people out of their houses again. Um, so they actually start heading back up towards the upper city um, and probably up towards the castle. Um, you guys approach the uh, Kagari and um, Abby, are you going to change back? Are you going to stay as the wolf? I think I, yeah, I'll duck while I'm in an alleyway or in some sort of a dark alcove. I'll, I'll shape back into... Um, a humanoid form and kind of regroup with the people after I cover myself up, of course. Okay. Um, okay. So you walk back into the Kagari. Uh, you see that the barman is kind of back there. He's kind of cleaning off some stuff. He's like, Oh, you guys are back. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess we're open again. Uh, there's nobody else in the tavern. Uh, and we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Oh my God. I really had to use the bathroom. Yeah, I've, I've had to go to the bathroom since like minute five. <laughs> I'm happy I'm not the only person. Okay, cool. Okay, we're all back. Uh, we had a quick bio break and we're ready to get 
start it again. So everyone is now back in the kegery, and we are going to try to decide what's going to happen. So uh, Ember looks over at you, Nari, and says, uh, do you still need me, or uh, can I go get no, some sleep? No, you can go get some sleep, love. Okay. She gives you a little kiss on the cheek and then goes upstairs. Uh, uh, like a a sisterly kiss. You know. <laughs> oh, man. Sisters now, but we'll see, you know. Anyway, okay. We're good friends. I imagine... I imagine Ebby is like turning from Pine to Roos and being like, why do you guys look so weird right now? What's the matter? <laughs> I'm noticing a flush in the cheeks. That's all that's happening right now. Oh, golly. Okay, so. All right. What's um, going on? Pine, I yes. I should talk to you about the um, the the others of my kind that are up there. Yes, I saw them. They looked, they looked, they looked meaner than you. <laughs> I, I'm going to take that as a compliment. I fear that, not, not to sound boastful or overly dramatic, but it seems like they rolled out the big guns for, for whatever is happening here. And I'm a little bit worried about what that, what that portends for the whole town. As am I. All, all I know is I was following up on some rumors, but I don't know if it's related to why they're here. As far as I know, I've never heard of any um, operations by fallen heaven in Tabory. There's no fallen heaven in Tabory? I've heard of, and I've been fairly active in this arena. Yeah, as far as you know, Pine, you are the only voice of, of uh, resistance in the city. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah, there's there's been like no, no, uh, you know, uh, no even hint of fallen heaven being anywhere around here. Do you have connections to fallen heaven, or is this? I'm a concerned citizen. I've I've never interacted with fallen heaven before, but they seem to think that fallen heaven is here. Well, I assumed they were just by reading some of those pamphlets. I'm that good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you might know your way around a quill. That's encouraging. I'm... Is that one of those euphemisms you've told me about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant he could walk around a quill. I used to say that like straight face, like no. <laughs> I, I, I pull out a notepad and write it down. Very weird. <laughs> That's so weird. I mean, what do I look like? Your neighbor's potatoes? That's another idiom. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But in all seriousness, should we leave? Look, I do want to leave, but there's someone I'd want to bring out of the city with me. Who is it? How how difficult are they going to be to... Not a, don't worry about that. I'll be able to handle it. Well, leaving the city for me is out of the question as long as innocents are in danger. There's only one innocent that I'm worried about. So what, what is your plan? Well, I have no plan. That's what we're talking now. Um, Who's your hoe, Bruce? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. 
We're all sharing. It's time for you. Well, are you with us or not? Look, I, I was born and raised here in Tabry, okay? I've got family here. I think if we can leave, but also make it... We need to make it more important for them to leave the city than to stay here. We need to give them something to follow elsewhere. It may be possible that I could act as some sort of a distraction. Um, if there was a way that I could be seen or viewed and then have a clear path out of the city, there may be a way that I could run and we might be able to lead them after me. I don't know that that would satiate them, but I feel that the presence of the others that are like me, the other, I believe, deacons is what they called me, um, that could be one solution. Get them to follow you. Yeah, I don't know if I could outrun them even, but if it would save the city, perhaps it's worth it. But have they destroyed any cities? They've destroyed entire countries. Um, Nari, why don't you make a history check? And depending on how well you do, then this won't be a thought or, you know what I mean? This will be a thought versus a, an actual statement. 18. Okay. You know that the empire has definitely destroyed cities. Um, you know, um, uh, the only reason why um, Arkelvi, um, the province of Arkelvi, the former kingdom of Everland, got off so easily was because after the bombardment started, the uh, the the kingdom surrendered like within the first day of the bombardment. Um, otherwise, the airships would have you know probably devastated the entire city and then moved on to other parts of the country. Uh, going back, that would maybe a thought you had in your in your head, but then you would have immediately had that information back back at your fingertips. That yeah, um, Arkelvi, the province of Arkelvi, is a little bit different than the other countries that have been taken over by the empire. Gotcha. Okay. And that's kind of been the nature of Pine's propaganda too: was open up your eyes to what the empire has done to your neighbors, and that you're not safe here under mm -hmm. their rule. Um, so what you'll see in Pine's uh, disposition is gritted teeth and his eyes are kind of um, darting back and forth as he's thinking in his own mind about what to do. His feelings are very much, these are my words and I won't let others die for my words before I stand up. Okay, then Pine, what do we do? I mean, I don't feel super good about using Ebby about, like, as bait, but... I'm not afraid of getting my hands dirty and, and sticking up to the Empire. But I don't want them to identify me or my family. I don't see how we could win either. <laughs> yes, I feel we are a touch overmatched here. Hmm. I <clears throat> may have a way of convincing the Empire to trust me. Well, we have a deadline. It's a week before people die. Well, I, I suppose then perhaps perhaps order of importance, we need to figure out a means to get in and out of the city um, efficiently so that way we can try to set up whatever it is we're going to do from outside. Is that something that I would know um, having grown up in the muds? Uh, why don't you make a um, uh, gosh uh, investigation or insight or I was thinking insight or history. Okay. I'm going to go insight because my insight is a little better. 
I'm pretty confident that that there's no way out of the city that I'm familiar with. Yeah, with your with your whopping eight. <laughs> My whopping eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So let me just let, let's let's try to figure out what you guys are talking about doing. So you're talking about Roos has a possibility of a way he can convince the Empire, and then you're talking about possibly having something come from the outside. Like, are you talking like an attack or like a like a an explosion or something? Yeah, to kind of um, be a bit meta for a second and kind of speak outside a character, just to kind of more clearly convey if. Or maybe this could be within character. Um, but if Roos is able to, you know, perhaps use his network and the people that trust him within the Imperial forces and kind of say, hey, the people, you know, whatever you're searching for related to Fallen Heaven, it may not be actually within the city. Um, since your search hasn't yielded anything yet, it may be from without. He'll plant the seed. And then we could maybe through some, you know, kind of, covert operations out into the woods, you know, maybe we could disrupt some supply lines, you know, sack a couple wagons here and there and kind of draw their attention that might help validate what he's telling them. And that may help kind of confirm the suspicion. Okay. So as far as, um, Abby, with your travels out in the woods and things, you have fallen upon, um, a lot of strange things. And one thing that here in this area that you have not fallen, uh, fallen upon or, or found is um, you have not found really any Imperial presence. And that's why it's so unique that so many soldiers have come this far. Cause normally in town, there's maybe like 30 um, soldiers total um, that are in the city at any even town, any even time. And now just this night, a uh, hundred easily came in as well as like 30 of these deacons. If you head down south, there's a, a sea that kind of is uh, part of the border of Arkelvy uh, called the Sapphire Sea. There's a, a town there, a city there called Merida, and there's another one called Kedabir. Um, and they have larger presences because uh, there's a lot of trade that comes in and out of that sea. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in Arkelvy in the capital, there would be um, there would be an imperial presence there. But the rest of the, the rest of the province is pretty much left up to its own devices. Mm. <sighs> So I'll relay that um, without trying to kind of rehash all of it. I'll relay that to the group, just that, you know, amidst all of my traveling around, I didn't see any like established fortifications or depots relating to militarist or imperial infrastructure. So they came very far to come here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Quite a ways. So they're not just here for the writing. Maybe we could find out what they're really after. Roos, you said that you have potentially a way to, to, to contact them, to let them know that what they're looking for isn't here. Let me let me phrase it a little bit more clearly. I've worked for them before, not not um, as a part of of the empire, but uh, think of it as like a third party contractor. I'll pull out one of my leather gloves and put it on the table uh, that I have not been wearing yet, and on the back of it is. Uh, on the uh, the back of the hand is a symbol of a talon gripping a skull that um, signifies the the guild that I work for called the Howling Talon. And, then, and some of you may have heard of that. And then I'll, I'll just show yeah. the symbol, and then I'll slip it back in my in my pouch. That was lovely. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Abby has no clue. I look at Abby and I'm just... You know, you know exactly what kind of bird that talent was modeled after, though. You're, you're right on that. Oh, that's a blue peregrine. And it's, yes, it's, it's a, yeah, they domesticate them sometimes. Falconry. I, uh, we, we work for um, lots of different people. So I have contacts all over the place. Ah. So do you work for the Empire? No, no, I I don't like the Empire. Sure, you don't like the Empire, but you work for lots of different people. Yeah, they've paid me before. Well, I'm wondering if you could offer your services to them to help them find who they're really after. You could share that information with us. Yeah, this is that's kind of my uh, intention, and, and uh, really... I just want him to not do anything to uh, my family here in town. But why should we trust him if he, I mean, if he works for anyone and like the Empire trusts him. And he didn't turn me in right away. He had the chance in front of everyone. All right. All right. I think another option would be I can fess up to all of my activities town before yeah. it comes to light I could I could point the finger at myself and then leave and that's a noble effort but a fool's effort there's one other possibility and it's something I haven't yet spoken with you about pine um, but I suppose it's something that is particularly important at this at this juncture before I woke up I was I was awake, but I, my eyes weren't yet open. I had heard a voice, almost as though it was in, inside my head, inside my soul somehow. He identified himself as Neum, and he told me that he was the one that woke me. I haven't heard that voice in years, not since I fled the facility, until tonight. When I was in the square looking at the other deacons, Neum's voice came back. And he was lamenting that they were still slumbering, that they had not yet awoken. I wonder if there is some way that we may be able to awaken the deacons and get them to side with us. We could maybe then have a fighting chance against the Imperial soldiers here, but it would be a bit of open combat in the streets if that were to happen. How would we wake them up? I haven't a clue. And Neum is quiet. I hear nothing right now. Okay, we'll say that this conversation goes on well into the night as you guys are pondering and thinking about what to do with this terrible situation you guys have been placed in. Um, and uh, the morning comes with no decision made. Um, uh, you, I, I'm assuming that you guys get some sleep at some point um, as you go around in circles uh, trying to figure out a good plan. But uh, in the morning, you... Um, you hear a trumpet blare, and then um, I'm assuming everyone stayed here at the Kagery tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you hear a trumpet blare at sunrise, and you guys are all awake now. So you got, you know, you're not exhausted, but you did not get the sleep that you're used to, and it's a new day. I think, I think the challenge here, um, as Pine has explained, a little bit of strategy and and things of that nature. To me, it seems like we're playing with our eyes blindfolded. We don't know why they're here or what their move is. 
they've mentioned fallen heaven and such, but I think we've all established that that doesn't seem to be the truth. So perhaps what we need to do is just acquire more information, and perhaps as quickly as possible. And how will we do that? I'm looking at Roos. Well, I could go skulking. I could talk to the local constabulary. Okay. So Pine had mentioned going to a, a friend in the constabulary. Yes, I have a, I have a friend in, in the constabulary. Maybe they've um, spoken with the, the, the Imperial leadership. Maybe they... Maybe, um, Bert could give me a little bit more information. I can see what he has to say. Okay. And then, so you're going to go talk to Bert. And then, uh, Roos, what are you going to do? Well, I I would like to go and see if I can't schedule a meeting with somebody uh, here in the Empire. I think I will follow Pine and just kind of like watch his back at this point. Okay. Um, what I would really like to do is prepare to leave, but apparently not all of us can do that. <clears throat> and then, hey. and then, Ebby, what's Ebby going to do? Um, I want to go and explore around, but I don't think that it'd be wise for me to be about out in the streets, especially with other deacons about. Um, I may try to stay put for now and just await their return so we can kind of gather information. Okay. You can stay in my room, just like chilling. Ember was very nice. You could get to know her better. Well, you could also do that. <laughs> She's super chill, and I I would recommend that. But you got to have some money, dude. <laughs> why Why do I need money? I don't understand. If you if you can't figure it out, <laughs> you can't figure it out. Okay, so uh, we'll start with you, Pine. Pine. You are going to go find your friend, Bert. So you know where he lives. Um, Bert is a, uh, well, let's, okay, you approach his house. Is that, is that kind of what we're, where we're at now? Yeah, yeah, I approach his house. Okay, and then, uh, Nara, you're kind of hanging out there, kind of watching his back. Um, Pine, you approach his house. It's a small house, uh, similar to yours. And it's in, a, it's in the okay part of town, not in the worst, but not in the best. It's still on the, uh, on the, uh, in the lower city. And it is, um, it's a, a small house, like single, single bedroom, um, and single story, but it looks like it's well taken care of. There's a little porch out in the front. And as you approach, you see your friend Bert is, uh, sitting out on the porch, uh, smoking a cigar. Um, and he sees it and he goes, Oh, well, well, Pine, Hey, good morning. How's it going? Oh, it's not going well at all. What what's happening with this, these Imperials? There, this is unexpected. Oh golly, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. There's there's no there's no fallen heaven around here, but they're 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 looking for whoever it is that wrote that wrote that letter that the the all the papers have been popping up around town over the last few weeks, uh, hoping that he might have some connection to to fallen heaven. Have they? Now, I told them. What was that? Yeah, okay, you, you told them. Good. I was just about to ask if if they'd engaged the local constabulary at all. Well, they did. They told us to make sure that people aren't coming and going. I got to go on shift here at noon, but uh, yeah, we got to keep the gates pretty much closed unless they got like a uh, you know a good a good reason to be out and about. So yeah, I'm I'm watching the Iron Gate today this afternoon. Uh, but uh, I told them there's no fall in heaven here. We haven't had any problems, but. Uh, they're convinced, 
And then he kind of conspiratorially kind of leans in and whispers to you. I think, I think that they think that, that, uh, somebody from the Royal family's hidden here somewhere, either in the city or, or, or nearby. And they assume that the person who's been writing those letters, they, they might know something. Mm. Maybe they're, maybe they're in cahoots or something. I see. Hmm. Do you know anything about this secret someone who may be trying to hide somewhere? Oh, I've heard rumors, you know, uh, rumors that, you know, the, when the empire took over that, you know, not the whole royal family didn't get taken into custody. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody got out, but I mean, the rumors are just that rumors. Nobody even knows who it would be. Like some people say, oh, maybe it's the king. Some people say, oh, maybe it's the prince. Maybe it's the princess. Maybe it's the queen. Maybe it's the royal nephew. I don't know. You hear all kinds of things. Nobody's got anything concrete. Well, but is it you? Yeah. Is it, is it you? Is it me? <laughs> not, not is it me? <laughs> so he's like a, a a shorter than average guy, a little bit rotund. He's in his fifties. This is a guy approaching retirement. He's got a big, thick walrus mustache, and he kind of blows it out. Oh, oh, not! I wouldn't do such a thing. And not that I don't mind what's being said between you and me, but no, I I know better than to write something like that. You kidding me? That's a death sentence. Whoever wrote him was uh, not thinking very clearly. That's all. That's all I gotta say. But you agree with them? That's interesting. I won't tell it. Don't worry. Shh. Between you and me, you know, poker buddies. Um, do you know of anyone else who feels the same as you? Oh, you, you hear you hear rumors. You know, at the barracks. You know, we 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 talk. I, you know, the empire they they kind of leave us alone, but you know, it still chafes a little bit to have them over us. You know, well, they're not alone now. They're threatening to, to kill people. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, now nobody's saying anything. Everybody's afraid that, that the next person will point at him and say, this is the guy, this guy must be writing those letters. You know, so everyone's on their best behavior now. Okay, well, um, hmm. Paul, where's the Iron Gate? Which is the Iron Gate? The Iron Gate would be the Northwest Gate. So it goes into the mountain. It, it, it opens up and and there's a road that goes into like the Misty Woods. And the Misty Woods, um, if you keep following the road, it will eventually curve back down to the south and take you to a, a slightly larger city named Destin. Well, uh, good to know you'll be at the Iron Gate. Um, noon, when do, when do you get off? Uh, it's a 12-hour shift. I'm there till, till, there till midnight. Okay, well, all right. Um... It was, it was good seeing you, Bert. Yeah, good seeing you too. Uh, I just feel bad for all those people in the stocks. And then he takes a big drag of his cigar. And then he goes back to thinking, well, have a good one, Pine. I, oh, it's Pine as you walk away. Nari is standing there. If Nari wants to say anything or... No, I'm just observing, kind of paying attention to what's going on. Okay. All right, then we'll cut over to Roos. Roos, so um, you would know that kind of the headquarters of the Empire mm -hmm. is there at Tabory Castle. Yeah. Um, that is traditionally where they've been um, keeping the soldiers. Mm -hmm. They've been housed there at the castle. Um, and even with this, with this influx of more... Uh, imperial soldiers they can probably all still stay in the castle the castle's rather large for such a for a, a small city like this um but it's also very run down uh nobody had been living in it for years until the empire took over the province and then the magister has moved in and slowly it's been becoming more and more habitable but it's still it's still in sorry shape the walls around the city are like pristine uh when when the country feared 
war coming to the prov- uh, coming to Everland, the the the, cast- the kingdom that was here before the empire um they reinforced all those cities uh walls to prepare for battle but then the war only lasted less than a day and so you have this pristine um strong wall around this city that have you know it's never been used um so i'll i'll go in uh being familiar with the place and um just kind of present myself to you know whoever's there Sure. So you go to the castle, the, to the gatehouse. There are still these um, these two rows of fifteen uh, deacons, uh, these metal men, uh, standing at attention. But the gate is open, and they've actually kind of there's a little path that you can walk in. And as you kind of walk between them, they don't say anything to you. Um, just the two, as you walk between the two groups, just the two that are closest to you, they both their heads swivel and follow you as you walk through the gate. Um, but the rest of them just keep looking straight ahead. Um, you walk into the castle, you see there's some um, hustle and bustle. You see soldiers walking around and you see like a, um, some kind of a, uh, a steward or a, a clerk of some kind. Uh, he's got like a white shirt on with like a, a, a cravat, like a lacy cravat on his shirt. Um, and he comes walking over to you and he's like, yes, have you come to, uh, to report any suspicious activities and he's got like a uh, a ledger in his hand and i forgot to say too that as you approach the castle you saw rows of brand new stocks set up with um easily 100 people in um head and wrists locked into these stocks okay, okay. so i'll um clear my throat and and say yes i do have some information um about the man writing these letters but um I won't give it to you. I will only give it to your superiors. And he, he kind of sets his, sets his clipboard down and he says, and why won't you tell me? Because I want to get paid. And if you get to my mark before I do, I do not get paid. Uh, make a persuasion check. I'm not very persuasive. Or intimidation. <laughs> I'm not very intimidating either. <laughs> an 11. I rolled, yeah, I rolled an 11. Okay. He's like, I tell you what, you tell me your name, tell me your business, mm-hmm. tell me why I should listen to you, and I'll see if I pass it up the chain. But if you won't tell me what you know, I might have to put you in stocks. My name is Roos. Lorimer, I work for the Howling Talon, and I am also looking for someone related to the king of this land. That makes him pop. I'm staying at the Stone Horseman. You can find me there, and I'll just turn around. As you walk away, he says, wait, 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 wait. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, come back. Come back, please. Okay. Um, do you have any way to prove your claim? His demeanor has kind of changed now. Uh, I'll just motion to my leather gloves with the the symbols on them. He he, uh, he recognizes the the symbol and he's like, "So are you are you on a job right now? Is this your job?" Yes, I am on a contract right now. Stay here, please. And he turns around and he walks away. Um, he you see him go into one of the buildings. It's a little bit more built up. It was probably like a um, an arsenal or something beforehand. Um, and a few minutes later, he comes walking out and standing next to him is a 30, 35-year-old man, kind of unkempt. He's got 
uh, a jacket on, but his arms aren't in the sleeves. You see his belt is around his waist, but um, he's wearing like that gray jacket. This is the this is the uh, man who introduced himself last night as Adjudicator Rolf, and he comes wandering out. You notice he's got a sword um, on his back, and he walks up to you and says, "You're Roos." I'll I'll bow my head and say, "Adjudicator, yes, I am Roos." Why don't you make a history check? Mm-hmm. I rolled a 15. You're not sure exactly where adjudicator fits in the hierarchy of the Imperial military complex, but you know, it's high. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. He says, Bruce, walk with me. Of course. And he starts walking, just kind of walking around the grounds, just um, uh, around the grounds of the, of the castle. He says, so I hear that you and I are on the same job. It seems that we might be searching for the same person. Now, my clerk tells me that you have information about the person I'm after. I, perhaps he misheard me. I have information about the one writing these letters, but I do not believe this person has any information about our mark. Well, why don't you tell me who it is? And then I can be the judge of that. I haven't yet discovered his identity, but I do know that he's writing them by hand. These these letters are written by hand and put out in the middle of the night. He has escaped my I haven't I haven't caught the man quite yet. But he's working alone. Why don't you make a deception check? Because I counted at least three three lies oh, yeah. in that one. So just there were a couple. one deception check. There were a couple. <laughs> I rolled oh. I rolled a twenty. It's nice. Uh, he he kind of nods and takes that in stride. He rolled a four for his insight. Um, he takes that in stride. Um, well, perhaps we can work together. Yes, my my intention was to introduce myself and maybe um, share information that we might both uh, mutually benefit. Okay. What is it you have for me that I don't already have? No, besides that there is somebody writing letters by hand, which we already knew. I don't believe there's any Fallen Heaven presence here in Tabory, at least not that I have discovered quite yet. I'm I'm just starting out my investigation trying to find an heir. Mm. So you're after an heir as well. Mm-hmm. Well, our information tells us that Tabory is, well, frankly boring (laughs) and uh i agree with you i don't think there's any fallen heaven presence here in the city no no i i think they're out there and he kind of looks north um at the wall but kind of you get the impression he's kind of looking past the wall Mm -hmm. out into the woods you know the forest and then the mountains up up further north like yeah i think i think they're out there and i think they're planning something I agree. Now, being part of the Howling Talon, I have some benefits that that perhaps you with the Empire don't have. My plan was to infiltrate them and find out as much as I could about the whereabouts of this air, if it does exist, where if you rolled up, they would scatter and and you might not be able to gather as much intelligence as I could. Perhaps mm. if we work together, I could report back to you what I what I learn when I find them. Um, I'm going to have you make a persuasion check. Roll the 13. 
Um, you get the impression this guy is arrogant is the wrong word. He's just very confident. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, I appreciate your offer to work together. You know, one thing that I, I don't agree with, and that's, you said that when I show up, they'll scatter. No, I'm very, very good at hunting down fallen heaven. Very good. I'll nod my head. If you have any information, please pass it along. I will I will do my best. I I do have one ask of you. Now, you said this was a boring little town, but it does happen to be my hometown and my mother lives in the muds. I would ask that you overlook her with whatever you do to this city. You get me some information and I will overlook your mother. Thank you. He's kind of like turns around, starts walking away from you. Okay, that's it. That's all, yeah. and, then he kind of, and then he kind of stops. No, he kind of stops and turns back around. And he says, but no information. And she ends up in the stocks. Yeah, I don't know why you would give up that sensitive info. <laughs> well, she was, she, she was. She's probably in the stocks already. She's probably in the stocks already. Because there's, she's, uh. The only woman in the house. Um, I will. Um, I will nod my head and say, um, "If she's out there, would you mind if I let her loose and you give me a week to find you some information?" Make a persuasion check. Fifteen. He kind of huffs, waves his clerk over. The clerk hands him his pad of paper. He writes something really quickly on the bottom of the piece of paper, rips it off, and hands it to you says go if you find her you have one week Roos. thank you adjudicator and i'll excuse myself and i'll go look for um my mom okay and sure enough you find your mom she is uh in the stocks it is kind of pitiful your mom's older um you know she's had a uh, a rough life she's been you know cleaning um uh like uh, rich people's homes for you know as long as you can remember you used to help her sometimes but you know just her back is kind of bent and she's you know her hair is gray and she's she's aged a little bit a little prematurely uh for her actual physical age um but you see her in the stocks and uh she has not seen you. She looks like she may have been crying, but she is um, looks very stoic at this point. You can see though some like muddy tear prints on her face. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up and um, I'm not gonna try and be stealthy at all. I'm just gonna walk up and let her loose and mm -hmm. um, just say, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but let's just get out of here and we can talk later. Okay. Yeah, you uh, as you go up to approach her, a guard walks up and you just quickly hand over the note and he reads it and he kind of steps back. Um, yeah, you let her loose and she goes, Rusi? <laughs> yeah, it's me. I'm I'm here. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, and then you uh, go back to your house in the muds mm -hmm. or where do you go with yeah, her? I'll take her back to her house. Um, uh, so I just, all I want to do is I want to, urge her to try and leave the city if she can. Um, but if not, that I'm going to do my best to, to protect her, but that I, I'm not going to be around for a minute. 
Okay. So she asks the normal questions like, where have you been? How have things been going? I've missed you. And how come no letters? All that kind of stuff. Um, but we'll say that you kind of push those off and that you all gather back together at the Kagery sometime around like noon, lunchtime. Well, it turns out, Roos, um, it, it appears that, that my, my contact with the constables thinks that uh, it might have something to do with a member of the royal family, just as you were searching for. Mm-hmm. Yes, I uh, met with the adjudicator a minute ago. Ooh. Cocky liar. <laughs> Look, it's about the only card I could play. Uh, but I d- you're right. They are looking for a member of the royal family. But they are aware that nobody in this city is, is keeping him. They think it's, it's and I'll point kind of to the north, and I, I, I'll say they think that uh, they're hiding out in, in the forest. And they trust you with this information? As I said before, I've worked with them in the past, and it's trust is probably the wrong word. We have a working relationship. Sure, but now? Oh, I didn't give up anybody. Don't worry. Well, but what's your relationship with us? Who's paying you now? Oh, I haven't been paid. I assure you that I didn't say anything about... And I'll look at Pine and I'll say, I was standing next to them and I did not tell them anything about you. If they, if they think that their, that their mark is north of the city, why are they in the city? I think they're just trying to shake them into action. Yeah, I think you got the impression that he thinks that... Um, whoever's writing the letters might have a connection to fallen heaven. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a, ste- it's a stepping stone. It's like the person writing the letters might be connected to fallen heaven and the, and fallen heaven might have a connection to the Royal family rumor. Yeah. So I'll, I'll explain that. And, and I'll say pine. Do you have any connection to fallen heaven? No, I don't. I don't. I was a boring, normal, private citizen for years here in Tavery before I started doing anything. Okay. Well, I've got a week before... Uh, I've got a week to get some information to back to the adjudicator. So I'm going to start looking outside the city for some information. I may have a way to get us out. My contact with the um, constabulary it will be stationed at the Iron Gate from noon until midnight today. He may be able to get us out. It might put him in a bad position, but if we can't find another way, we could always approach him. Okay. With, uh, Roos, with your kind of arrangement with the adjudicator, is it possible that you may be able to get some sort of permission from the Imperials to be able to leave and return to the city? (laughs) You know... I wish I had one of you guys standing next to me because that totally slipped my mind while I was up there. I, I was a little distracted. Um, somebody important to me was in the stocks, and so I, I, uh, I had to get him out. So, understandable. You, Roost, you feel like that could be a possibility? Yeah, I could. I could head up there and, and probably get get some sort of writ of, of passage for us. Well, I I think that gives us at least our next step. Right? Perhaps we procure passage out of the city and then we see what we can find uh, as it relates to this member of the royal family. Okay. Perfect. I am I'm game.
Okay, so Roos, you're gonna head back in uh, into the castle and see if you can get a writ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, that's that's fairly easy to do. You go back up to the castle. Um, you actually run into the same clerk, and he's like, and he just basically asks you some quick questions, like, you know, any information for me yet? Um, and uh, you get a note uh, signed by the adjudicator himself saying that this man um, uh, is allowed in and out of the city. Okay. Perfect. Okay. All right. So are you guys heading out of the city then? Is that the plan? Yeah, I'll meet back with everybody and, and I guess say all I know is a vague direction of where they assumed that they are, but I, I don't have any real concrete leads. Well, there's no time to waste, so I say we leave. Gather what we need and we leave now. Pine will head back to his house for the first time in, in, in a while to just gather up some... Uh, traveling uh, necessities, some food and things like that. Perfect. Anybody else gathering anything in particular or are you guys just going to head up? I'm going to sit down and write another letter to my mom and then crumple it up and throw it away. Okay. And then just leave her. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll talk later, mom. See ya. <laughs> yeah. It's awkward. Right. I don't know what to say to her. Yeah. Well, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so you guys gather your things and you meet up together at the Iron Gate. Um, I'm assuming that's when you're going to head out um, because might as well, because Pine has a friend there. Um, as you approach the Iron Gate, you uh, you see that there are, um, there's actually no Imperial soldiers manning the gate. It's just the, the normal constabulary, but the gate is closed. And this time of day, it's not usually closed. So, um, as you approach, one of the soldiers steps forward and he raises up his visor and it's Bert. And he says, well, well, Pine, what are you, what are you doing here? I got, I got to keep the gate closed. Well, no, we have, a, we have a writ. Oh, a writ, a writ to go outside. Yes. All right. Well, I'll have to see it. I'll nod my head and hand it over to Pine. And then okay. I'll hand it to Bert. Okay. He looks it over and, uh. He kind of looks at you guys and he kind of counts with his fingers. One, two, three, four. And he looks at the writ and he looks at you guys and he hands it back and he says, Oh, okay. I, I guess you guys are, are good to go. Um, and then he uh, says, open the gate and the gate opens up and you guys are actually able to leave the city. As we, as we pass by, I give him a, a pat on the back and, I'll, and I say, we won't leave the city in this way for long. Don't worry. And, he, and then he whispers to you and he says, the writ only says for one person. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking my neck out for you, Pine. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And then as you guys are out, you hear him say, close the gate. And then the gate comes back down slowly and closes the portcullis. And you guys uh, are outside. Did, did I hear him right. make that comment to, to Pine as we walked through? Uh, you can make a perception check. He was trying to whisper. Do, do, do. 11. You heard him whisper something, but you're not quite sure what it was. What was that about, Pine? Well, we have... There was a friend of mine, and apparently the writ was only written for Roos. So the rest of us are on... on, on. It's good we came through the Iron Gate. Okay. So, real quick, what's kind of the plan as you guys leave the city? 
Or is that something that you guys need to kind of think about for a bit? You guys walk out of the city because, hey, there's no fallen heaven in the city. We know this. So we'll walk outside and then we'll find fallen heaven somehow. Right? Right. Now, to be fair, um, Ebby, you live outside normally. Mm -hmm. So you know this area very well. So um, I will let you make a, a, an insight check uh, to see if you have any extra insight that maybe nobody else does. Sure. Ooh, terrible roll. Roll to seven. Uh, you're drawing a blank. I mean, <laughs> so you're in uh, Arkelvy province. Um, and as you're looking at the map, um, or as you're thinking about the how it's situated, Tabri's kind of in the northwest corner. Um, there's a, a very large mountain, kind of the biggest mountain in this glass mountain range called Mount Tabor, which is basically straight north. It takes a couple of days to get there. Um, just because the ground starts to get, you know, uneven and you're, you're having to climb in elevation, but you're pretty much in the misty wood as soon as you leave, uh, Tabory. And, you know, this area of the province, um, of the world is actually quite rich with, um, old, uh, like crystal tech, old civilization type of ruins. Um, you have to search for them, but oftentimes people will come through Tabri to come and scavenge some of these ruins. And you guys would know that there's basically two groups of people that go and scavenge. You got the guild who are called, um, they call them uh, scavengers. It's the scavenger guild. And then you have the people who are not guild, who are more like they go scavenge and they go sell on the black market type thing. And those guys are called uh, spelunkers. So um, you got scavengers and spelunkers, but yeah, people come to Arkelvy, um specifically for like the Misty Wood and then like further east, there's the old forest and then the glass mountains themselves are just there. You can find pockets of old crystal tech as well as just naturally growing crystal um, that can be used to power all kinds of, uh, of old tech that has been uh, kind of rediscovered and repurposed. So um, that's kind of what, what uh, you know, uh, Ebby, as you kind of venture out into the wild unknown. Nice. Okay. Uh, I may relay that kind of to the group as I just kind of am a little bit more free and a little bit more open out here. I'm a little bit less guarded. And so I start telling them about the area a little bit. All right. And as you venture out into the misty wood, that is where we will end for today. So uh, thank you everyone for playing. Hopefully you had a good time. Uh, this was session one of Crystal Codex, and we will uh, get back together and do session two and see what happens to our heroes as they venture out into the wild. <laughs>